0: Hello guys, welcome back to Board Draw, the Premier League is back, Come episode on. 30 is here. We've had some great fixtures over the course of Boxing Day and the days following. Um, yeah, it's been a good, nice little festive period of football. The Boxing Day fixtures always hit, just that little bit different. Um, and We're going to just run you through a couple of the games that we highlighted some points from and uh, get our opinions, get Roz's opinion. He had a good week on the predictions, so... He didn't do it. Yeah.
1: I've yeah, decided three one. If I can't think of a score, slap a three one on it. Three one is such a good like. Yes, and that didn't. I mean, good. yeah, there
0: was one, two, three, four three ones, and you had three three nils. A lot of goals on Boxing Day. A lot there of goals. Always is. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. Should we start with Spurs against Brentford?
0: Yeah, Spurs versus Brentford. I mean, I, I actually didn't watch this game. I had, I was on a nice little walk. Yeah, Boxing Day walk early in the morning. Oh, wow. You know. and um but i had the headphones in the airpods in i was thinking what the fuck is going on mate because i expected to
1: win so as soon as i went two nil up i was like yes this is nice and i knew so we've been saying since time and pretty much every football fan knows especially spurs fans know they start games so badly and this was no different they started shit again two nil down could have been free ivan tony scored another one that was offside but um yeah, they were just second best the whole first half. And I was going to, at half time I was going to tweet a slanderous Harry Kane tweet. But I didn't because I'm a nice guy. And lucky because in the second half, he scored a goal and he would have made me look like an idiot. But I think the first half, he ghosted so hard. I don't know if it's fallout from the World Cup, if he's just a bit like, I don't know, unsure of, I don't know. But he was shit. And so was Spurs. But second half, they came back. They do what Spurs have been doing. I think once they lose kind of any, like, care in the game and they're like, fuck me, all we need to do is attack. When they don't have to think about it too hard, they do all right. And that was like this game.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, for me, looking at Brentford, they had the last result before the Christmas, uh, the World Cup break was that massive win against Man City. Yeah. Which was, I think, a bit of a surprise. Because before that, I think they had started to see a bit of a slump. They had a couple of draws in a row. And, yeah. um, I mean, they drew against, like, Forest, uh, Wolves. So, teams that they hoped to be beaten. And then they got absolutely battered by uh, Villa 4-0, didn't they? Yeah. So, I mean, they hadn't had a decent one. Like, even before that, 0-0 versus Chelsea, which is a good result. They beat Brighton. Then they got battered five one by Brentford uh, by Newcastle, sorry, and then drew 0 nil against Bournemouth. Um, mm. So they weren't on like the best run of four. Yeah, they've been it a was, bit it's... all over
1: the place, but
0: yeah, against but the big probably... teams, they are hard to hard to beat. Yeah, that, and that's what I was going to say. Like, apart from really, I mean, they they lost five one and four 0 to Villa and, and Newcastle. But apart from that, they they are hard to beat. They they mm. don't really sort of like capitulate until they yeah. sort of like which. I was surprised to see them do against Spurs, especially... Yeah, I saw an
1: interesting stat that apparently when they're winning at half time, they've never lost a game or never dropped the three points, actually. So not even yeah. drawn a game. And so for Spurs to do that is quite like fair play to Spurs because they're obviously not a hard, uh, a, an easy outfit to come and get three points against when you're losing. But on Spurs, I just don't... I don't understand it, man. How, How do you start games this badly all the time? Especially... Once once is like a mistake, twice is whatever. It's become like a habit now that they're yeah, in. And it's they like, are notoriously it, the slow starters of the league. How do you not fix it? I Why mean, don't I'm, you just come out yet, one game got, and start extra
0: fucking hard? They've got a, a fantastic manager in Antonio Conte. It's a bit wild for me to see this long into his tenure now that he hasn't resolved that issue. I don't yeah, really Dally. understand what's going on. I think Basuma had a bit of a horror game in this um,
1: in this one. And- is that Spurs midfield, and we've said it since the beginning of the pod. It's just not. It's not at that kind of elite level. It. You need athletic runners that are good technically. And Spurs don't have that. Basuma is an athletic runner, but his technical ability isn't great. Hoiberg, his technical ability is okay, but he's not an athletic runner. And Bentencore is kind of like a middle at both. Can get about is good technically, but not a leader either. And so their their midfield just if they come up against the midfield, which is what Brentford had in um Norgard and whoever else they had, Janel um in the midfield, it's yeah, yeah, no, absolutely and yet, outworked. And yeah, Brentford just just were all over them in that first half.
0: It's it. It is just it's strange to me as well how Spurs play with out wide on the on the pitch. Yeah, they started with Doherty, Perisic, Kulusevski, and Son, right? Mm. And none of their play comes from out wide. Like yeah. you don't ever see anyone run into the byline to get balls into the box. You don't ever see anyone like you. You see how other teams that play with a three at the back, but when they're in possession of the ball, they almost push to a two at the back with the third defender holding as a pivot. But Spurs don't do this. Like there is just a lack of like there's a lack of tactical know-how, a tactical lack of tactical nuance when it comes mm. to their play. It's very much we're just going to keep trying to do the same thing yeah. and hope that Harry Kane can find the pass or hope that Son will get in behind or something. And the problem is like if you're not creating these chances consistently, you're not going to get away with it every game. But, yeah. And like they're lucky they've got someone in Harry Kane who will score nine out of the ten chances. They're it comes so to. lucky.
1: Harry Kane, Koleszewski, and Son are decent. Sons yeah. a bit off the boil kozeski looked good in the game but they're so lucky their front three can win them games cuz the rest of the team is dare i say it average and I, I i'll put this out to spurs fans let me know what you think but i think their kind of inconsistency so you were saying about how none of their play comes down to the wings and like the utilization of wide spaces is that down to the chopping and changing of fullbacks and how say like a team like i know Arsenal or Man City their full their fullbacks and wing backs and their wingers have a relationship they know who they're playing with be it Ben White and Saka be it I don't know Carl Walker and Mares or whoever it is Salah and Trent these kind of players have this kind of fixed relationship whereas Spurs if you know you're starting Son and Kulusevski all the time have some f- fixed fullbacks be it Emerson or Doherty but both of them are shit be it Perisic and Sessignon I think chopping and changing doesn't allow you to build this relationship with your partner on your side and then that doesn't allow like Perisic to feel comfortable enough to push forward or Doherty to feel comfortable enough to push forward because there's no kind of cohesion with the person that's in front of them so I think something needs to happen there they need to get back in the market get some decent fullbacks and then also I don't think their centre-backs are tech technically and tactically smart enough to do the kind of thing you're saying where like two of them cover, one of them steps forward. I think there as well, they just haven't got elite players and it's just holding them back, I think.
0: And like a lot of Conte's success has been from being defensively solid and then being able to, you know, take your chances further with the pitch. But they are constantly going behind in games. And I don't know whether this formation is it for them. Like if you look at the best teams in the world, yeah, you're looking at Barcelona, you're looking Real Madrid, Liverpool, City, Arsenal. Arsenal now, <laughs> like, on. no, I'm not even funny, but like, all, yeah. they all fall back to a four-three-three three of some sort. Whether they have a diamond in the middle, whether it's an asymmetrical four-three-three, three, so they overload one side of the pitch. That's what works. Hmm. And I mean, Spurs have fantastic wingers in the likes of Kolaszewski, Son, uh, even Perisic. Um, you've got the, the likes charlatan. of the and you can play yeah. out wide there so I don't know if this 3-4-3 formation is utilising that sort of those players to their best um, no. ability I feel like they would be better dropping back to a back four you having Doherty you don't have to play a, like a shit center back then you don't have an extra shit center back on that's the pitch that's the thing they're, I'm they're picking between exactly Tanganga
1: Dyer, Longley fucking Ben Davies yeah man. their formation just, is making them use another shit center back why would you just not go a bit more attacking get an extra midfielder in there and then you stop having to use free shit center backs Exactly. And what I feel you're like saying. that switch instant it like instantly
0: gives you more control in the middle of the pitch you don't have to be conservative with a four at the back formation. Like it, it, that's not how it is. Like three at the back gives you a little bit of extra uh, defensive security whilst allowing you to play wide, but it's not working for them. Mm. So like if the likes of Doherty isn't getting up enough, why don't you just like like leave Perisic on the bench to the sixtieth minute, have someone else come into the middle of the pitch, you know? I mean, they've got the likes of uh Bentoncore as well, right? I know he wasn't on in the uh, squad, but if they get another midfielder in. Someone in the in the like the mold of a Fernandez or even a James Madison would be fantastic signing for them.
1: Yeah, oh, give them a little time. bit
0: more creativity, give them a bit more control in the middle of the pitch, and that will allow Kulusevski, Kane, Son to play higher up the pitch. And yeah. also, Kane's going to have someone in like whether they play an eight role or a ten role, they the eight like a bit more advanced eight will allow him to have someone to like do some link up
1: play with but instead he's got like two defensive midfielders basically in hoiberg and basuma in the middle. and you're asking way too much from them in basuma and like hoiberg because you're asking them to do the defensive work and the kind of knitting the play together in the midfield and go forward whereas like you said if you play three in the middle you leave basuma to do his defensive work because that is what he's good at defensive work just leave him to do that yeah have Benton kind of knitting the middle. And then, like you said, if you get a James Madison or someone of that like in, you allow um, Benton Kaur and James Madison or whoever it be to kind of work on the attacking play. And that's a nice, fluid midfield that do everything you want. But instead, you're shoehorning two midfielders in that can't do everything. And you're playing with three centre-backs that are all shit. So might as well scrap that completely. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I think
0: Spurs... If you want, me and Ros will um, we'll go down to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Start doing and some and we'll, yeah, we'll Ros is going to go against his beloved Arsenal just for you. I'll just, just rock up as in as my Arsenal jumper and be like.
1: <laughs> but, um, Inside yeah, job. Now, I think there are problems for Spurs. And the run of fixtures they've got coming up aren't particularly great. So I think they need to start getting points. Because if they keep starting off game shit, especially with the games coming, and we're going to talk about it later when we do our predictions, Games are coming thick and fast in this like next week or two. And if you don't pick up any points in this next like three or four games, you're going to be falling out of contention pretty quickly. Especially with the likes of Chelsea and Liverpool picking up form and and trying to catch up. Yeah, Man United. So there's no time to pick about.
0: Spurs have got Villa at home which you'd probably expect them to win. But, you know, Unai Emery's a good manager. And Villa and they look good against Liverpool.
1: We're not talking about them in this episode, but they did look all right against Liverpool. Yeah,
0: they weren't bad. And I think Liverpool were just had a bit too a much bit... firepower for them. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, then they've got Palace away, which I think Palace are falling off quite hard. They have. And I think Palace could be a bit of a nervy end to the season for them. But then coming up, they've got a double like, header. They've got Arsenal at home, which is going to be massive. Then they've got Man City away. Blood, then Clark. they've got another London derby at Fulham away, and then they they've good. got Man City at home
1: again. Fucking
0: hell! Yeah, it's not—it's not looking like—not looking good, bro. And then even after that, you've got Leicester, who a bit of an unknown entity at the minute because some games they look electric and some games they look shit. Mm. And then they've got West Ham, which is obviously
1: another massive London derby. So it's sort of
0: West Ham yeah. shit form. Yeah, goes it's, out the a, window, it's it? a
1: tough run of games, and it's going to come thick and fast. So Conte needs to get these boys moving. Because, yeah, I'm not entirely sure on Spurs at the moment because I backed Brentford to win that game. So, that tells you what you yeah, know. Yeah, I mean,
0: before the end of this January transfer window, they've got to play Arsenal and City and Fulham, potentially. Yeah. Like, yeah, so then, they, there's stuff to get done and the answers aren't obvious as, as, as much as we can sit there and, you know, discuss no. from an outside perspective. There's probably reasons why Antonio
1: Conte is staying the way he is. Um, well, I think maybe it's he all feels- down to, like you said, he is a free-at-the-back manager. That is kind of his style. So it's hard if you're that manager to deviate from that, even if the players aren't yeah. like um, good enough to facilitate I know, it. Facilitate it, yeah. But yeah, I mean the thing is, like Conte needs Spurs, to move, or like move yeah. his style, or the players need to step up. Or do you, I mean
0: have Spurs invested too much within Conte at the minute, bringing in the likes of um, the FC on a permanent, bringing the likes of um, Richarlison you know, Benton core, all these fucking fullbacks. Have they invested a little bit too much
1: into the Antonio Conte style for him to move on at this time? Yeah, that's a good shout as well. It's like one of those things, because he hasn't tied down a new contract, are they kind of holding off in the January transfer market? Oh, look who it is. It's the boy. He's had a trim. But um, <laughs> yeah, is it that kind of thing where like they are probably like a little bit iffy in the transfer market now because they don't know if Conte's going to be there in the summer. And they don't want to get in loads of players that aren't going to be his players come summer if he moves on.
0: And a lot of places that Conte's gone, he's been sort of a short-term solution. He brings a little bit of success, um, and he's sort of he's not a project manager the like of like Graham Potter or someone like that. Yeah, Jurgen Klopp, he He will. Perhaps generate short-term success, but he tends to leave clubs a little bit more bloated than. Uh, oh yeah, hundred percent. That is classic you know, over, Conte over it? influx of players that are sort yeah. of will do On a job wages. for a season. Yeah, yeah. But you look at the likes of Perisic, someone like that, who yeah. very Conte player, but is it sort of worth your short, your future, like your long-term success for a bit of short-term success? Yeah, it's know. a wobbly
1: timer at the moment for Spurs, I think.
0: But yeah, I, th- I mean, it is going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting for sure. I mean. The other thing is, I've seen a couple people on the timeline shouting for uh, Conte out and Potch back in. then Potch back in.
1: Because he's, he's on the market, isn't he? Interesting. But that's
0: that just seems to me like uh, you're just going in Backward circles step. at that point.
1: Yeah. But
0: I don't know if it'd be worse, to be honest. I don't know if it'd be worse. Because a lot of Spurs fans were quite happy with Conte's foot, shit football. Because it it's not appealing to watch. It it's not so entertaining. It think the he the TL, was getting results.
1: Like... For Spurs, it's hard probably watching how shit the football is, not getting results, and then watching their closest rivals play like probably the best football in the league and top of the league. So it's probably yeah. like a hard time at Spurs.
0: But I think there was a stat like when Conte first came in for the rest of that season, no one picked up Spurs more points crap. than Spurs. Yeah, 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 yeah. and Second suddenly and half, yeah. like now teams have sort of figured out how to play against them. And yeah. it's, it's sort of reminiscent to, of the World Cup to me like, you're seeing a lot of teams were playing very, like, defensive football. So you're talking about like when Saudi Arabia beat Argentina, like these these teams that shouldn't be beating Argentina, they were going out and they were pressing them high and they were sort of attacking them a bit like more ferociously than perhaps they would expect. And maybe teams coming out doing this to Spurs, knowing they're slow starters, you know, Brentford tuning up. Within no time, and suddenly Spurs on the back foot again, and they're just lucky they've got the quality in the likes of Kane and Son, and you know Kulisevsky players like that to yeah. get them through these sort of de- dead games. But yeah, no interesting time for Spurs. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if you, Conte will still be there come the end of uh, February. I don't know.
1: I don't. I think I mean, it's going to be a wobbly rest of the season for Spurs.
0: Definitely. Um, and you
1: love from a team.
0: It. Yeah, from a team that's. On on the ropes a little bit in Spurs to a team that is absolutely soaring, mate. Bloody the Toons. The Toons, mate, they
1: are Come on a on. different level right now. They were unbelievable against Leicester. So good. And, and pre game, Newcastle, so they, they had quite a fair amount of they um players out. No Wilson, I think he's got an illness. No Isaac, I think he's back soon, but he's still got an injury. No some Maximan. So you kind of look at that game. Leicester go into it pretty much full fitness minus James Madison. And you're thinking this could be tight affair. Leicester, pre-the World Cup break, has started getting a few points on the board. But no, first 10 minutes and fucking Chris Wood and Newcastle are peppering Leicester. They look so yeah. good. And Leicester, before the break, sort of picked up a little bit of form. They had a couple of results. Yeah.
0: Um, no James Madison for them. Which is a big loss. He's a big their miss. team. Yeah, big miss. Their team, you look at, they had like Dennis Pratt playing, they had a Jose Perez come on. You mm. know, they had like Sumare and Tieleman sort of in that hole in role. Indeed, he coming in the 72nd minute. And a back four of Castagna, who I actually rate quite highly.
1: Yeah, he's I a like a Decent Then they've got Thomas Amati. And Amati and, is probably the worst centre back in the Premier League.
0: Well, he's not even a centre back. He was a
1: defensive and He's not broad, even a centre back, yeah, yeah. exactly.
0: They've got Fez, who I'm, I'm not sure about, and they've got know, is it Luke Thomas yeah. as well, who he's an academy graduate, I think, from Leicester. Yeah, but he's not he's not at the quality of. I don't think he's a pro. I think he might be like a decent championship left back, but I don't think he's that good. And that's how I feel about Danny Ward in goal as well. He's not
1: Premier League quality for me. I don't think.
0: But then you look at their bench, and they've got Sionju, Jamie no, Vardy, who's there. just way past it. Yeah, uh, Mark Albright, and he's been there since. Got like a million years, yeah. Got Ian Nacho on the bench who,
1: I don't yeah, really know what's happening. I, I think if you're not playing Madison, it, be it him injured or you're not playing him, you've got to start a duo of Dakar and Nacho for me because that's a scary front too. And you just, in my opinion, just get all your best players on the pitch. Even if they're not in form, get them on. Nacho is probably the best striker they've got at the club. Yeah, I agree. And it's like I think he needs he a signed. consistent run of games yeah. to get going. And you saw that last season when, you, or the season before, where he got a run of games and he was scoring pretty much every single game. Yeah, I agree. And then
0: they've got the likes of Vestergaard and Mendy and Didi, Iverson. Like it, their their squad is so subpar. It's it's not yeah, even a joke. It's start, like,
1: like they used to have like a collection of players that would get them through games that were always a little bit too good for Leicester but they've like gradually lost be it like transfers out or injury they've gradually lost age. all their yeah. G- all yeah they've just lost all their gems and now like you said their their squad is very poor and they, they haven't fun in like recruiting from a lack of like
0: recruitment now so you, like yeah, look in at teams like brighton and Hayes Brentford.
1: and yeah it's not good enough
0: i mean they signed, they lost um yeah, they got fashian as like a re- as a replacement for fana like on that last day yeah. i think it was there was a uh, Vestergaard, who was actually decent out of Southampton. Like, mm. yeah, that was. I think, was that in the summer transfer window? No, nah, the winter before, I think. was but, the winter um, before. But yeah, I mean, yeah. They've, they haven't
1: replaced quality with quality. Not at all. Bar- this has got to be Jamie Vardy's last season, to be honest. Yeah, Vardy's going to be heading out. Tielemans, his contract ends at the end of the season, so he's going on gone. free. So and- James Madison will probably get snapped up in the summer. So it's a, big, it's, yeah. it's a big, scary time. We were saying scary time for Spurs, but it's an even scarier time for Leicester, Leicester. because arguably their three best players of like the last couple of seasons in Madison, Vardy and Tielemans, they're all going to be gone in the summer, pretty much.
0: 100%, and yeah. if they
1: don't recruit, they might not even be in the league. And so, and they will have big players on big wages in the championship, which never works. So scary time. And then if Brendan Rodgers leaves, could be even bigger problems so I don't know it's a scary time for Leicester I think
0: I think this is the season that they've got to pray there's three teams worse than them in the league mm. and then they've got to in the summer just restart the whole project get yeah, rid of everyone side of young players. Sell, sell, get like I mean they're not going to get any money for Tielemans but they'll get like you know send Vardy on his way to Celtic or something
1: they've just got try, whole, try, cash, in, try, in, try like, cash in 70 mil yeah
0: Cash in on Madison, cashing on Barnes, maybe. Yeah, I'm um, that somewhere else. You know, I think maybe
1: they can get some money for Dakar and Ian Acho, Yeah, maybe but... fucking uh, Castagna. Yeah, they've got to ship out their best players, overpaid and get players, some... try yeah. and get money in and lower the wage budget, lower the age profile because the age profile is quite high and just kind of, yeah, start from scratch again. Kind of like what Southampton are doing. But hopefully, Leicester, they should have more pool than Southampton. I agree, and offer yeah. a bit more money, so um, yeah, kind of do what Southampton are doing and getting like young, hungry players in at lower wage, but hopefully, yeah, yeah. I this think is, they've got yeah.
0: a, they've got scout sort of the lower leagues, maybe scout yeah. look at players in the championship, look abroad and to, uh, get some of those players in, like they sort of did with the likes of Mahrez and Kante and you know, yeah, those exactly, sort of players. Yeah, yeah. get them in and um, you know look for sort of longer term success and most likely get a new manager in, maybe. You know, someone a bit more exciting than Brendan
1: Rogers. I think his time's run his course. Yeah, I think he probably wants a change as well. Like he was competing for champions league places, Europa League places. He won them the FA Cup. So the fact that they're like in and around a relegation battle, one of them is got to bite the bullet. Either he's got to leave and be like, I want a new project because he's done his time at Leicester. Really, he's got them to an elite level, and they're dropping now and get a new manager in. That's or yeah, they make the decision and they say we're going to start a new direction with a new manager kind of like what Chelsea did getting rid of Tuchel just say we've got a completely new project in mind even though Tuchel and Brendan Rodgers have brought us success they're not the people that are going to take us forward in this new direction and get a new person in that will
0: I mean you look I mean you look throughout the history of football success is very temporary Mm. and it's very rare that managers will continue to see success at the same club for a long stints of time yeah. because you know, pl- like teams adapt and they learn how to play against you. Like, you're, you're sort of, I think it is time for Rogers to go, yeah. I think and so. I think it might be time to sort of for Lester to revamp their identity a bit. Um, that yeah, because for, for a couple of seasons they were hitting up there with the big boys, but those those days are past now, yeah. I think and the if they try and hold on to those research. old days for, for too long. Yeah, He's gonna bite them in the arse, and they're gonna be really, really sorry for it. So, but yeah, I mean, on the other hand, they've got yeah, bloody let's talk Newcastle. About
1: Newcastle mate.
0: I, I'm running out of words, yeah. They're so good. Eddie Howe you know is
1: elite. Like, he, he's proved he's an elite manager. I think he's he was at Bournemouth for ages, and then he lost his job and then didn't get a new job for a while. And everybody was thinking, oh, why's he not got a new project? He was really linked with Celtic for a while, he was linked all over the gaff, and nobody. He, either he didn't put like get himself the job, or people weren't sold on him. And I think when people got he got um, hired by Newcastle, I think a lot of people were probably thinking too much, too much, or kind of like they'll get him in for a bit, let him kind of start the project, and then when we're hitting around kind of Europa League places, we'll sack him off and get in like a Europa League, Champions League manager. But he proved like immediately that he is smart enough in the big games to take on like the big six teams and come out with a result and smart enough to build kind of an identity and a project. So I don't know. I think a lot of people probably expected the base level from Eddie Howe and he's, yeah, punching with the big boys. Yeah, I just,
0: so from their 3-0 win over Leicester, yeah, Newcastle now sit eight points above Liverpool and they are nine points above Chelsea, okay? Mm. How many of these players from Newcastle starting eleven would get into Liverpool or Chelsea starting eleven? So Nick Pope, I don't think he gets in over Allison and like maybe he'd be up there. Maybe Chelsea, but nah. Yeah. Yeah. Kieran Trippier at right back, you could argue for Liverpool probably would, and then probably would for uh Chelsea if Bruce James isn't fit. Yeah,
1: Trippier has been one of the best right backs in the league, I'd say, this year.
0: Revelation. I mean you can see that the point that he joined to the point they are at right now, that is correlation that you 100%. can make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Fabian Shaw and uh, Sven Botman. Sven I Botman don't... is
1: a big shout,
0: but Botman could probably get into maybe the Chelsea one for me. I don't know if he would start over Masip and Van Dyke for Liverpool. But I he's like very the idea player. of
1: uh, Van Dyke and Botman like it? Nice. Yeah,
0: but then uh, Dan Byrne over you know the last. I like Dan Byrne, to be fair, Cucurella. but he's not he's not that guy. This is the bit that really wows me. This bit here, Sean Longstaff, um, what's his name? Joe Willock, Joe I was about to say Chris. You got Chris uh, Willock on my mind. Chris Willock always on my mind, baby. But yeah, Joe Willock, and then obviously I think Bruno Guimaraes will get into both the Chelsea Liverpool teams. I think Pretty he's a player. So, yeah, yeah. But then Sean Longstaff and um, Joe yeah, Willock.
1: Joe Willock, uh... two players uh, that I would have. Yeah, picked, before Eddie like, Howe, you'd say like probably like players. yeah, championship players or low-level prem players. So the fact that they're third in the league with a team that have got the best form in the league it's crazy best form
0: five five wins out of five and they're third in the league they're literally sat this is mental
1: they are two points behind man city And and then yeah you've got a front line of fucking chris wood who is in a burnley team and they've been relegated almiron who pre this season couldn't hit a barn door and who do they have out on the left? Oh, Joe Linton, Joe Linton got signed for 40 million as a striker. Absolutely flopped. I swear he scored like one goal in 60 games. And now is one of the most elite midfielders in the Premier League.
0: Yeah, and he was playing out wide for them this game. And, and I so think he, he's... A lot of like that, f-
1: it's got to be down to Eddie Howe.
0: They've, they've taken away... You, you sort of saw that Joe Linton transition from the striker into a midfield sort of a wide man. In yeah. The end of like the Steve Bruce era, I think it maybe was. but. Um, he he's he's unbelievable. I think once you've taken that goal scoring pressure off of him exactly. and allowed him to sort of become more creative, he he's transitioned his like mental state and that's what he does now. And he's yeah. excellent at it. And he's such a nuisance because
1: he's so his big. His work rate is outrageous. He's yeah.
0: technical as well, which is just like horrific for anyone to play against because yeah. you can't get close to him because he's gonna hold you off. He's fast, he's athletic, and yeah, yeah. he's got the technical know-how to sort of get past you, or he could pick a pass, he could take a shot. Like, he's involved. He's yeah, a nightmare to play against. So,
1: yeah, unbelievable. And then, obviously, um, Al, yeah, Almiron, who's scoring goals for fun now. I think he's on 10 goals in 16 games, which is crazy.
0: Yeah, it's which, unbelievable. That, I think I mean, he was on
1: two. So, it's like nuts.
0: And they've got the likes to set Maximan to come back in. I mean, he, I think he had a shortcoming at the end of the game. They've yeah. got the likes of uh, Alexander Izak as well, who impressed in his early
1: games and hopefully can recover and from that And what's scary injury. is this is all before kind of big... Spending. Spending. So no. I think if they get Europa League or Champions League, whatever they get, spending's going to be whammo in the summer. And that's when it starts to get scary for other teams. That The likes of these people that we were saying, like Sean Longstaff, Joe Willock, I don't know, Dan Byrne maybe, these kind of players that are good facilitators for now, they're going to get upgraded upon heavy. And then it's going to be like, shit, this is an elite Champions League team. And I think that's where we're gonna
0: see where Eddie Howe's pedigree as a manager stays because he's tend to do well with fairly like average players mm. and making them look brilliant. You look at the likes of I wouldn't say Callum Wilson's average, but he made him look elite at Bournemouth. Yeah. Um, you know was it Fraser as well, looked really
1: good. Yeah, uh, I, I sort forgot of, he was uh, still at Newcastle.
0: Yeah, th- those those old school like Bournemouth players, it's like Steve Cook was brilliant for them. Mm. Um, i'm trying to think who else who else did they have yeah i can't remember but they had some great great players and i mean he he's he's thrived in that sort of echelon of where he's not managing elite 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 players getting the best out of like so yeah when when newcastle do inevitably spend some money and get some big names in there and i'm not talking can he handle the egos but I'm talking like your players who played in the Champions League for several seasons, yeah. your players from the likes of maybe the fringes of like a PSG or a Real Madrid, players like yeah, that totally. who probably have a bigger ego than they should do. How will he sort of manage that? And, you know, because maybe his success does work from players being humble and, you know, understanding yeah, that you're not the best in the league. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. But it's two times in Newcastle. Yeah, and they've got a fairly decent one of fixtures. I mean, they've got Leeds at home
1: and Leeds are a little bit poor. They've got us soon. I think us again. Arsenal, after. yeah, Arsenal away, Ooh. which will probably will
0: be their toughest fixture. Then Scary. they've got the likes of Fulham, Crystal Palace, West Ham, Bournemouth, and then the next hard one is Liverpool. So I mean, it's a decent run, and there's no reason they can't stay where
1: they are in the yeah. league. Because yeah, yeah, hundred percent.
0: I mean, look at the likes. Man City have even got they've got Chelsea away. They've got Man United, Tottenham in a double. Then yeah, got a lot of the Tottenham big teams again, are playing and each they've got other in the next week few weeks. After. Yeah, yeah, so and yeah. You know, there will those be drop teams, points around the top. Those teams have got the likes of the Champions League to be thinking about as well, the Europa League, things mm. like that. And Newcastle can keep themselves fresh. I mean, I know they got through the Carabao Cup, I think it was. Yeah, I think um, so. I think they won one nil, didn't they, against someone? Oh yeah, against Bournemouth. I Bournemouth, think. Think. that was it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah I mean, it'll be uh, it's interesting times for Newcastle. Interesting yeah, times time. for Eddie Howe and I. I and I wish them all the best because it's, it's, it's lovely. To, it's great to see this sort of, like, story come through. and Yeah, 100%. Really well. I, like,
1: I like Newcastle. Good fan base. So, yeah, yeah I'm sure they're a bit buzzing.
0: Yeah, the, the, Geordie, uh, the Geordies up there are having a great time. Um, come on.
1: But, yeah. Talking of great time, though. The bloody boys. Vert- are you getting time.
0: vertigo from up there, Roz?
1: Mate, I'll, genuinely, you kind of, every week that goes by, you're kind of like, teams are going to catch up something's going to happen but we're still clear mate still five points clear we could fucking dick about next game and still be top but we won't Arteta is that guy he's got them kind of all thinking one game at a time just do what you can do you see Arsene Wenger is in the crowd for this game so the feel good factor is well and truly back at the Emirates Stadium and um yeah I'm very happy with what's going on
0: I I, I'm not surprised but I'd be happy if if I was an Arsenal fan too I mean the only thing that does scare me a little bit, like I, I don't really have too much to say about the West Ham game other than West Ham were poor, and I think Arsenal were good. They were really and, poor. and I well, think we were really good,
1: it was a bit of both, yeah. Yeah,
0: I didn't even think, I don't think you were the best that I've seen at you, but I think West Ham Not were the best, but I think we yeah, were quite good. And but obviously the best that you I've seen you has been the elite an electric level. Yeah. so but I mean Eddie and Katie, I thought did all right. I didn't think he was outstanding, but I think he did a job. Yeah, and I, I think, think a lot of I people
1: did. were scared about Eddie covering for Jesus. And quite rightly so. Jesus is an elite player that's been in Champions League finals. He played in the best team in the Premier League for nine or five years now. So it's scary that he's injured and we've got an academy graduate that's not played like more than 20 games before in the Prem to come and fill in. But what I like about Enketia yeah. is he's finishing in the box. Where we were discussing pretty well. Oh, cup. Jesus, yeah jesus finishing and how it like leaves a bit to be desired like he'll say he gets like five chances a game he might bury one whereas nketiah probably won't get as many chances a game but his finishing is probably in my opinion the best at arsenal he's so good in and around the box he's done it at kind of all kind of levels uh growing up and yeah his um finishing is elite and i think hopefully it will benefit us in a different way that like maybe where our goals were getting spread around pre jesus goals were coming from everywhere down to jesus's link up maybe the spread won't be as varied people still chip in like Saka and martinelli like we saw but we hopefully should see more goals come from our number nine because his finishing is better and we saw that with his goal did you see yeah. his goal Electric, yeah, and it was, mate. Yeah, the way it was, he spun was, the defender and then found the far post is so good. And
0: obviously, the you had the Saka goal also that was ruled out for the the offside touch. Yeah, yeah. Um, which was quite unlucky, but the hit, that was really good link-up play between himself and Saka as well. Yeah, I think yeah. he he actually did a very good job of holding up the ball and getting involved in the play, which yeah. I think is what you you sort of asking from him in to, like, filling in his role that Jesus does, like, facilitate usually. Yeah. But um, Yeah, I mean, the only thing is for me is I think you do need another striker in January. Someone maybe a little bit different to a Jesus and and, and Kessio in the sense that he's more yeah. of, like, maybe more of a target man, brute force, sort of. It gives you that option to break down a team that you're struggling yeah. against, you know. I mean, if it's not working, it's not clicking, you can't find that through ball, but... I think with the likes of um, Martinelli, Odegaard, Saka behind, even Xhaka as well, that they they chip in, you know, so many goals time, yeah, yeah. that it, you don't really need that out and out goal scoring striker so much. But yeah. yeah, I mean, you've been linked with uh, Muzdrick as well.
1: Yeah, I think that is. I, I mean, that's get pretty over much the line. Done. Yeah, he, I, mean, I think.
0: You post on Instagram, he will didn't be he? Be he's watching the game and stuff. he begging it. Player. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah, that would be a he nice little me of like switch. A young Leroy Sane, and. Um, so yeah, I like the idea of him kind of filling the left wing, maybe moving Martinelli down the middle or something like that. But um I think Martinelli's
0: yeah. I, I, I can't see a, a way that Martinelli gets moved out. I think he might he's he's might have be outshining Foden for me this season.
1: Martinelli's sick.
0: Yeah, no, he's he's unbelievable like I I it's very close between me uh between him and Saka. For me, I don't really know who I prefer yeah, out of them.
1: Yeah, they're both my star boys, it's uh, crazy.
0: They're unbelievable. And then even Odegaard in the middle, he like for his age. Let's talk about Martin Odegaard. Yeah.
1: Captain of Arsenal, who are top of the Premier League. Martin Odegaard's 22 years old, I think, or 23. He's done the rounds at Real Madrid and like loans all over the place. He was that kind of star prodigy. We signed him for 30 million from Real Madrid. And now he's captain in Arsenal, top of the league. I think behind De Bruyne, he's like best chance creation in the league. This game, I think he got three assists maybe or two assists. Yeah, he got two, didn't he? Everything that we do good in the game goes through Odegaard. And I was saying this to someone while we were watching the game. They were like, what kind of player is Odegaard? Like, how would you describe him as a player? And I was like, he's that kind of player that just a midfield technician that never drops below an eight out of 10. I've never watched an Arsenal game and thought he's had a stinker. For me, he's always playing at like an eight, nine, 10 out of 10. Kind of like a Kevin De Bruyne. Whenever you watch Man City, everything runs through De Bruyne and De Bruyne drops an 8, 9, 10 out of 10. And that's what I feel like with Odegaard. Everything runs through him and he's just so consistently good.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I don't think that anything he does is like super flashy or eccentric, yeah. but I'm he just there. does he does the simple stuff so well and yeah. he is the gel that allows your team to sort of like flow. He, yeah. he is the lube. Of this Arsenal team, like he what he makes everything boy. glide, like Come he on. makes everything glide, and that allows Saka and like he he facilitates Saka and Martinelli to to receive balls at speed. That's like, what he does, mate. That's what the Louvre does, <laughs> mate. He's Luby boy. I might know the guy. Yeah,
1: hit him for thirty million. It's got to be one of the best signings of like recent Premier League times because he's going to go. Will tell. He's so young. He's just only going to go on to bigger and better things. I think at his age, I don't know many people at 22 years old that have the football IQ that he does. He's just always one step ahead of, like, every other player on the pitch. And I think, yeah, elite, elite-level player. I hope someone doesn't... Like, surely Real Madrid can't come and re-sniff around him. But, like, yeah, he's that know. guy. He's that guy. The only
0: thing that, for me, apart from Arsenal needs to sign maybe another striker is the next run of games isn't the easiest run. They've got, it's so hard. I'd call tomorrow it Tomorrow, you've got Brighton away. It deserves not Brighton, hard. who uh, yeah, impressed, not easy. Not easy. impressed quite a lot of people. And, you know, so that's going to be a difficult one. And we always you've struggle against Brighton. Eddie Howe's Newcastle at home.
1: Very hard. Which is
0: going to be a difficult one. Probably
1: one of the hardest fixtures in the league at the moment. Then you've got Tottenham away. Piece of piss, mate. We'll slap them up you've got man united at home who are Fuck, coming yeah, into
0: are. reform
1: so annoying and they are only got... lost this season how has that happened
0: yeah and then you've got everton away which you should win and then in, uh game week 23 starting the 11th of feb you've got brentford at home which arsenal seem to struggle against brentford i don't
1: know ah, i don't know we slapped them up earlier in the season
0: oh that's true yeah and then man city at home
1: yeah back to back which is not fun
0: but the good news for you, that week, Man City have also got um, Aston Villa, I think. So they've got two games in the Yeah, week, the fixture's going
1: to come thick and fast. And they're not easy, especially because we've got that rescheduled Man City fixture from when the Queen died. So it's not ideal for us. We've got quite a few hard games coming. But all we can do is take it one game at a time. Form's looking good. Everyone's fit minus Jesus. In the trans- January transfer window, hopefully we get Mudrick in. Hopefully we get a fit and fire in a Smith-Rowe back in. So that'd be exciting. That's also, yeah, that's
0: a massive point. Yeah. So
1: for us, it's just take it as it comes. Pre-season, top four was the aim. And I think it's easy to move the goalposts and say now we should be kind of where we are, staying top of the league. But it doesn't always work like that. Like you said, we've got Europa League football coming. Um, our squad is thinner than Man City's, is thinner than Liverpool's. So, it's yeah, it's not as straightforward as we should stay top of the league. And yeah, my my hope it. is still Champions League football. So yeah. anything better than that is fucking happy days. And that's how I'm seeing it, I think.
0: But you got to be a little bit excited. Got to, well, got just, something got to, might be yeah, happening here. Just got to, you got to go, make sure you don't get too carried away. Yeah, but um, be before we get on to our predictions and round out this episode, we'll just talk about Man United... Uh, a very, very good performance against Nottingham Forest. Yeah. looking, They've let go of Ronaldo. They don't have to yeah, worry about that baggage Ronaldo anymore. Ronaldo
1: United. Again.
0: And um, Marcus Rashford is firing. He's looking electric. He scored a brilliant goal against Burnley, I think, in the uh, Carabao Cup. Yeah. I've seen Since that. Since have World seen... Cup, he's come back as yeah.
1: a different player. He looks and I think full of energy. We, we've he looks we've like that scary Rashford.
0: We've always known because he's, when he's, in that like form he's a direct runner who so is unbelievably direct. clinical yeah. and he's just scary he's fast he's powerful and he's technically brilliant yeah. and it's gonna be frightening if Man United can keep him going like that because they can utilize him through the middle or out wide and it allows them to sort of when they come up against teams who will set up differently against them or they want to target, say, like a weak side on the left or right, or whatever, they can move Rashford to that side and then bring in the likes of Martial to play that centre role. Or they yeah. can bring in Garnaccio or even Sancho if he comes back into the fold. You know, to, So they can really move stuff around, which I think our flexibility is something that ten uh, Hag is really going to try to utilise over the coming weeks. Um, but yeah, Marcus Rashford, I wish, I just, we as England fans even, we know how good he can be. And I just want him to keep this going now and this just be the level yeah. he is for the rest of his career because I, I, there is no reason that if he, he could not play for the likes of a PSG or a Real Madrid. Well, you or see, apparently
1: like they were linked with him post-World Cup. They were apparently gonna they're going to make locker. him the highest paid
0: player like, or something. Just yeah, they fucked.
1: It's like, what have they seen? But obviously they know that he's good. He's had good games against PSG. He's obviously an elite player. He's still very young as well. I've so, seen him and Mbappe flirting over Instagram. Oh, Really? Yeah, yeah. Bloody I boys.
0: Thinking, I think that's the thing, yeah. They're dropping like little love hearts on each other's posts and stuff like that. Come on. Yeah. But
1: um, yeah, I mean, I think yeah. if you're United fans, you're excited. I think Varane getting back into fitness is good news for you. Harry Maguire being on the bench, even if he doesn't play, him kind of getting that kind of positive World Cup in him is good news in case you need to rotate for... Um, Luke Shaw playing at
0: centre-back is that unbelievable. Was rogue. That was yeah. rogue.
1: But um, I mean, yeah, uh, I it know. worked. Yeah. yeah, I think it's exactly Casemiro. I think a lot of people were unsure when they signed him. Not that he was like unsure that is he at that level, but like kind of he just, unsure, just unsure if he was the guy to make that much of a difference. Sorry, dog is getting on my tits. But um, <laughs> yeah, he, he has solidified that defense so much and uh, that midfield so much and just allowed everyone around him to go and do their things without worrying shit, like with leaving space, the defence are kind of open because he just covers so much ground and makes the smart decisions all the time. I think he's probably one of, probably the best DM in the league, I'd say.
0: No, he's definitely the best DM in the league, especially at this minute. Um, But yeah, I mean, it is scary, I think. This United side have taken points off of Arsenal. Um, and Liverpool. I'm not, Liverpool. Yep, yeah. they beat Spurs as well. I can't they quite draw, remember. Was
1: it? Too, I don't know. I was going to say it's two all, but I can't remember. But they've
0: they've got you know in the next five games though, they've got to play Man City and Arsenal. Mm. Um, so they they haven't got the easiest sort of run coming up. But there's the table now. If we sort of we sort of have a look at the Premier League as a whole, yeah, have got Southampton sitting bottom. With uh, Forest and Wolves a point above. Obviously Wolves uh, getting their first win under uh, Union Lopetegui. Then they've got Everton West Ham both sitting on 14 points which West Ham, uh, Everton's start to the season is that's disappointing. Yeah. And West Ham you would not have expected them to be down there. Then you've got the likes of Leeds who have come I've seen someone tweet earlier that they've gone from being an exciting mediocre team to being a boring mediocre team under <laughs> Jesse Marsh. I think it's very true. Then they've got Bournemouth, who's probably surprising people. Yeah. They're not on the greatest run of form. <laughs> they've got four losses in the last five. But um, they I think they will scrape points. I think they will end up getting relegated. But I think the season might just be a bit too long for them. But you you never know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think they've I mean, probably collected so, a decent amount of points for where they are at the moment. Between 12 and 20, you've got six points. three point. teams worse than Bournemouth pretty easily, I think.
0: Yeah, and so it's all still to play for. I know that's obvious to say because we're only 16 games into the season or whatever. Yeah. But this this sort of January, February period is when the game has come really thick and fast. And th- there's going to be a lot of movement all around the table. I mean, we've got, looking at the top end of the table, got Arsenal 40 points and then you've got City 35, Newcastle 33. And then that that sort of like weird area where you've got Tottenham, Man United, Liverpool, Brighton, Chelsea, with six points between them, Mm. we're going to see a lot, a lot of movement in that. I think, I think we might see potentially Spurs drop out. I think Liverpool and United are going to continue to to kick on from where they are. Yeah, I'm not still. I'm still not sure about Chelsea for that
1: last top four spot. For me, still not sure about Chelsea. Yeah, neither am I. Um. But yeah, I mean, um, you see, Reece James gone down injured again. He was like, yeah, he's pretty much at this point in time the only attacking outlet, and he's gone down injured again. And it looks like for at least a month. So I'm
0: gutted for him because I I know we everyone knows how good he can be. Yeah, and like I and I, you don't want to see a player like sort of lose what they could be because of an injury. Like yeah. we know he's he's not the finished article yet, but he if he gets any better, he's going to be scary for any team to play against and you'd Definitely. rather always have him on your team and he could go on to be a better right-back than Trent or he goes to be on to be like one of the best right-backs in the world. He probably already is when yeah, yeah. he's fit but you know, it, hopefully he can recover from that and put that all behind him but it's going to be
1: a tight one. Do you think Newcastle will have what it takes to stay in that? I think so. I think they look good. I think the fact that they've got no European football helps. I think the players have all brought into it. Eddie Howe's ideas. I think it's looking good for Newcastle. And like I said, I think it's my top three at the moment: uh, Arsenal, City, Newcastle. And then I think it's between Liverpool and Man United for that fourth spot. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I mean,
0: United can go uh, fourth if they because they've got a game in hand, haven't they? Against uh, I can't mm. remember who the game in hand is, but they do have a game in hand. And so Liverpool win their game in hand as well. They're good two points behind Spurs. So it is all still to play for. Yeah, big time. Um, But yeah, it's the game is, like you say, in, in January and February, they,
1: they just start piling on. I think what Chelsea have got going for them is they've got an owner, from the news that I'm seeing, that is not afraid to splash the cash. I think they've been linked with Enzo Fernandez now. I think yeah. they're linked with uh, Benoit Badia-Shile as a defender. Um, So fucking who knows what Chelsea team will look like at the end of the January transfer window. They could get a whole new starting eleven in.
0: Yeah, no, it's going to be, oh uh, man, it's, it's exciting. And like you say, we've got the mix of the January transfer window coming we up do. as well. Um, So we've Prediction got a lot done. of games coming. Yeah, we've got a lot of games coming up now over, we so we're filming this on the 29th. We have yeah. a whole game week of fixtures between now and the 1st of January. Yep, between now and Sunday, and then, we've got fucking loads of games. And then Monday the second, to to the 5th, we've got a whole other week. There is uh, the rescheduled Chelsea Fulham fixture, but we're going to whack that onto the game week predictions. Following that, because we are indeed, but we're going to do on the 12th and Fucking so. what,
1: twenty predictions for you now? So yeah, and has got to go back UC and edit
0: does. it all into uh, Jesus into an image, into a, Yeah, I don't know, oh, but yeah. you have to do a two beat a two part. Oh yeah, it'll be a two two
1: yeah. Right, shall we quickly boss through these then? Luke, West Ham, yeah. Brentford. What are you saying?
0: West Ham, Brentford. West Ham, poor Brentford decent. I, I just feel like West Ham's
1: luck's got a turn at
0: some point. Yeah, I think this might be a one-all draw.
1: One-all draw. I like that shout. I think, yeah, I think the West Ham have looked so poor recently and I think Brentford will be a bit annoyed about dropping points against Spurs. I think I can see a draw as well. I'm going to go for a two-all draw though.
0: All right. Uh, Liverpool-Leicester. I fancy Liverpool to absolutely smash Leicester. Yeah, it could be, it could be ropes for Leicester. I might go for a... F- four nil four
1: nil I, i'll still I, go five I, but i might go four i like the idea of liverpool conceding at the moment they're like spurs in the sense that every game no matter if they play well or badly their defense seems to just let in at least a chance and so i can see leicester scoring one but i can see leicester shipping a bunch i'm gonna go 4 one less Leic- uh, 4 one liverpool
0: Sorry, exactly um that. Moving on to Saturday, early kickoff, we've got Wolves versus May United, which is quite an interesting one because May United are looking very good. Wolves a bit of an unknown uh, quantity in the like in good result, uh, against to get the
1: last minute winner.
0: Yeah. I it might take a little bit of time though under Julian Lopetegui yeah, to yeah, get yeah, going.
1: So, so I, I'm probably gonna go for a May United win. I'm gonna go for a two 0 May United, I think. I like that. I'm going to go for 1-0 Man United. I think. I think Wolves are going to... Nice close affair. Wolves are going to dominate the game. But I think Man United's quality in the final third will be too much. I think Wolves will dominate the game. Interesting. Yeah, I think they will. I think they've got the team to dominate games. Oh,
0: definitely. The Portuguese contingent. Um, You've got Bournemouth, who are a bit out of form against another team in, who are out form in Crystal Palace. For me, Crystal Palace, I don't know what's going on. They've got such good attacking players.
1: Yeah, it's falling off. But the they cliff, just
0: can't it? seem to like get it going. I mean, when you've got a team with the likes of Zaha, Eze, and Elise sitting behind a striker, whether it be uh, Mateta or Edouard or you know whoever Iu, they should be getting more goals than they are. And I yeah, think they're 100%. a little bit they're a little bit reserved. And after you see uh, the likes of Eze and Elise a bit too deep, and their only sort of outlet is that Anderson ball to Zaha. Which, if they get a player blocking that off, like they don't really produce anything, so it's going to be interesting. I think I might go for a one nil Palace. One nil Palace, interesting.
1: Yeah. I think it's going to be a tight game. I'm going to go one all. One I Think. Yep. Uh, Southampton.
0: Fulham, Southampton. Fancy Fulham to do the biz.
1: Same. I might go. go I might go.
0: For, I'm going to go for a three two Fulham. Three two. That's a good game. Fancy goals like on this. Yeah, fancy goals. I think Nathan Jones will. Uh, Get ratted Talking again. of
1: goals, Man City at home to Everton. That is a goal fest if I've ever nine,
0: seen one. Nine? Yeah, I, I'm
1: going to go 4-0. I might go five. Five, yeah. I'll back it. There's going to be goals for sure in that game. Get your overs bet on.
0: Um, Newcastle this well, lead, to be fair. It's going to be a really good game. I think this might be a three... Mm, I don't know, actually. I think it's... It's going to be a tight one. I think it might be a 2-1 Newcastle.
1: I'm going to go 2-0 Newcastle. Okay.
0: Um, big and, old boys. Yeah, Brighton versus Arsenal. Deserbs Brighton versus Arsenal. I'm still, I don't know about Deserbs Brighton. I think they look really good at times,
1: but the results haven't always been the best. I feel like they either batter a team or they'll get battered. And what's it going to be, Roz? I'm hoping we batter them. I'm going two 0 Arsenal. That's not a battering, but I'm going two 0 Arsenal. I'm going for a two all draw. So I'd hate it. I'd hate it, but uh, I'd probably I, take it.
0: Yeah, I'm going for a two all draw. Um, And then on Sunday, we've got Spurs versus Villa. Two teams that don't play great football. Yeah, be a stinker.
1: I'm going to go for, I think, maybe a a 2-0 Spurs. Yeah, it's not great, is it? I, I see Spurs just kind of getting a win just to kind of take the pressure off of them from the media. And then everybody forgets how shit they've been for a couple more weeks. They get a couple more stinkers in. Get another result that kind of squashes and the, the cycle continues and yeah, but like you said, I think they just get like an easy maybe one nil two nil. I'm gonna go one nil Spurs, I think.
0: And then rounding out that game week, we've got Forest versus Chelsea. Ah, oh, I feel like I think Chelsea might be coming into a little bit of form. I think Forest just I don't know what their plan is. They spent way too much money, bought in too many players. Um, and
1: I think I'm gonna go for gonna... an upset though. I'm gonna go Forest two one
0: are you are you uh, i'm gonna go for a one-nil chelsea boring okay not an upset mate <laughs> um right 19 next, yeah so we've straight got, after kicking off with brentford liverpool this could be a really interesting game Um yeah, it's always
1: a good game when these two play each other yeah was it I last the season it was like all, four yeah. three or something like that off, or something yeah, yeah. All, yeah
0: that was a mental game um brentford at home I think Liverpool are going to keep their form up. I think they might go on a little bit of a run. I'm going to go for a 2-0 Liverpool.
1: We might see Cody Gakpo on the pitch. They've just signed for yeah, 40 yeah. milli under the noses of Man United. Um But yeah, I think it's a Liverpool win. I'm going to go 3-1 Liverpool. 3-1 Liverpool. Uh, and then Tuesday
0: night, a big, big game at the Emirates. You've got Arsenal, Newcastle. You want to fire away with this one
1: or should I take the reins? I'm scared, Luke. I'm scared. Um, I think... At the Emirates, I think if it was at St. James's Park, it could be a tough, tough... Well, it's going to be a tough night anyway, but a tough, tough night at the St. James's Park. But the Emirates, I, I would never not back us to catch the dub. So I'm going to go 2-1 Arsenal.
0: Yeah, I'm going to join you. I think we'll go for a 2-1 as well. Nice. I think, yeah, I think Arsenal might... Yeah, I don't know. Someone's run's got to end. Yeah. you know. Yeah, um, We've got uh, the Toffees versus Brighton...
1: And uh, 2-1 Brighton yeah I see Brighton smashing them if I'm honest unless I think the thing that's hard with when you do fixtures uh, the state of this dog man uh, where you do fixtures when there's it's like a week, a, ahead. a week after yeah, yeah you don't, you injuries don't know injuries or yeah. what's happening but I think Brighton slap them I'm going to go 2-0 Brighton 2-0 Brighton um, yep.
0: Leicester Fulham I'm going to go for I think I might go for a draw I might go for a 1-0 draw
1: I haven't predicted any nil-nils yet, but I'm going to go for a one-all draw. I see. Oh, this, yeah, this is a, a draw, I think. It's going to be a hard one. I think maybe two-all. Okay. Right, let's rattle through these because the lights are going down. May United, Bournemouth. We've got... Mm, I'm going to
0: keep Man United on their winning uh, yeah, streak. So well. I'm going to go for a 2-1 United. 2-0 uh, United. And then Wednesday, I'm going to go for a 0 0.
1: Yeah, it does have stinker written all over it, but I'm going to go 1 0 Southampton. Leeds West Ham. I'm going to go for a. I'm going to go for a 1 0 draw. 1 0 draw in Leeds West Ham. I think West Ham might get, get on a bit of a run starting on this game. Don't know why. I can feel it. Or it could be the end of David Moyes. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go 1-0 to West Ham.
0: And then we've got uh, Villa versus Wolves. Two relatively new managers in the Premier League. Yeah, boy. Mm. This this might be a stinky little evening of football because I'm going to go for <laughs> a two-wall draw, I think.
1: Yeah, all those games do look pretty shit on the Wednesday, don't
0: they? Palace uh, Spurs will be
1: good. After Villa Wolves. What am I saying? Low scoring, I think. I'm going to go 1-0 Villa. Okay, interesting. Uh, And then rounding that day out, we've got Palace
0: versus Spurs. Could be a potentially interesting game if Palace were allowed a bit more freedom against a pretty slow and um, non-dominant Spurs. Yeah. I might go for a 3-2 Spurs.
1: Ooh. I'm going to back Palace. Okay. And it's got nothing to do with it being Spurs. Has quite a lot to yeah a lot of it to down to Spurs but I don't think I don't think Spurs are that good I just Palace haven't looked great so it could be a stinker I'm gonna go two one Palace okay uh, and then we've got a big one on Thursday
0: night with Chelsea versus Man City rounding out that that game week for us anyway um oh, this could be interesting I I don't think Chelsea have enough to stop City. Yeah, I, I think agree. it might be a
1: tight affair. I think, I think I might go for a two-one city. Two-one city. Yeah, I like that. To be fair, I'm going to go three-one city. Yeah, I, I, yeah, it's going to be because I, I, I fancy Chelsea's back line
0: doing. I, I think they're better against better teams. Like, I, yeah, I feel maybe like, when
1: they've got a lot of defending to do. Yeah, yeah, they're like, a bit more again. switched on and stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. Chelsea's forward line I think they still need a. a yeah, they've just a, got like nothing going
1: forward like. beyond like Mason Mount with the occasional decent goal or Reese James doing like Reese James Or Havertz
0: turning up with a header or a back post or yeah. something like that Yeah But yeah, I mean it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks but um, yeah, I mean that's I mean we've got like every team playing two games in the space of literally like a week so Yeah and then we'll it's be going back be...
1: with a mega podcast where we run yeah, through... Yeah, it's going to have to be a big one. A million games. I can imagine there's going to be so many news lines by the end Transfers, of the Transfers, yeah. So Yeah, we'll do a big old session in the studio. Have a- yeah, yeah, man. But yeah, um,
0: this will be our last episode before the New Year. So uh, from us at Board Draw, Happy New Year. Yeah. Hope you have everything you want coming into the year and let us know what your resolutions are in terms of football. You're going to support a better team than Spurs or something. I Mad. don't know.
1: But yeah, have a lovely yeah. new year, everyone. Have and, a great uh, new we'll see year. see you on the flip side.
0: Yeah, hopefully uh, the football is kind to you. And, yeah, we'll have a good one. But yeah, remember to like, subscribe, follow all our socials. Everything's down in the description below. Uh, But yeah, get involved, get your nan subscribed That could be your New Year's Please resolution. Too. Uh, Please But yeah, too. thank you very much for watching, guys. It's been Board Draw,
1: and it's live. Yeah, boy.